0: I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is, Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric home of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show.
1: Rob Carlin to the show. Rob, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. Rob, it's been a rough year for a lot of people. I was surprised to hear that you would no longer be with NBC for the pre- and post-game of coverage. I hope that you and your family are doing well. What you been doing to stay busy?
0: Uh, Yeah, it's been a rough year for a lot of people, and I got swept up in it. Um, It was awfully disappointing. Uh, I will miss being a part of pre and post game live. I'll miss working with Alan May and the the crew of incredibly talented people. Um, I've been uh, working with my uh, kids. Uh, They're home. I live in Annapolis, so they're still Uh, distance learning. So helping with third grade, I've grown to hate common core math with a burning passion Um, and looking for a new job. That's been pretty much it. But uh, trying to take advantage of the time with my family because, you know, it's not often you get a little pause and a little reset in your life. And I'm trying to uh, make the best of it.
1: I would not consider myself a genius, but that new math they're teaching people confuses me.
0: It is, you know, last year during the, uh, you know, when it first happened and they were, you know, learning from home and, and, you know, the teacher's credit, no one could have planned for this. So it was a little, you know, it was a little nuts. But I remember at some point the girls were showing me what to do and I was like, hey, you know what? We're carrying the ones in this house. We're just going to do this old school. We're going to carry the ones. And, uh, you know, it might work against your teacher, but we are in full survival mode. so. I'm starting to understand some of it,
1: but uh, I am not a fan. Hashtag carry the one, I suppose.
0: (laughs) Yes, I am all in on that.
1: Rob, when do you think that the new, let's get on the ice now, when do the, uh, when do you think the new season actually starts?
0: That's a great question, man. I mean, I've talked to, you know, a number of people and I, I don't think understandably the league is trying to finish this season out and get this Stanley cup raise. And it's going to here in the next you know week or so. Um, and they, I mean, there's a lot to figure out. I don't know if you read, you know, I just read this great story on ESPN.com and it was, uh, I think it was nine players, five from the West and four from the East sort of detailing their experience in the bubble, their respective bubbles. And, uh, I don't think anyone was a huge fan of it. Um, I think they dealt with it, and they were able to get through it because there was a Stanley Cup to be won. But they pretty much all said they are not going to do anything like this again in the regular season. And I think one or two even said, I'm not even sure I'd do it again for the playoffs. Um, and it sounded like the NHL didn't come through on some of the promises. Again, they're trying to you know, do this on the fly, and I think they've done a remarkable job but they're going to have to figure out how they're going to play these games next year. So you could say uh, the physical toll, the mental toll, when can they get back? They first said, you know, early December, then, you know, Bettman the other day said it could be pushed back to mid or late December. Maybe is, you know, maybe even into January. That's just one part of it. It's how are they going to do it? Are they going to allow teams to fly in and out of cities and play in empty arenas? I know, team owners and uh, you know, not it's going to be tough for them to survive with no fans in the stands. So there's a lot of moving parts that they're going to have to figure out. And I would not be surprised if this pushes back until January.
1: Yeah. You'd think if they push till January, it gives them a much better shot at getting people in the stands. Is that right?
0: I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. I, you know, like it's weird now. Cause uh, I'll tune into like a college football game and there'll be, however many fans are allowed in the stands in whatever respective stadium it is. And it's weird to see any groups of people together anymore, which is so crazy that this is where we are, but those are outdoor stadiums. I, I don't know because it's still hard to, you know, you know, in hockey arenas, those concourses are narrow, man. I mean, there they are traffic jams all the time. So, I mean, that, yeah, if you're asking, is that what the the, the owners are going to try and do? Absolutely. But then it becomes, what's your local law going to say? Um, so, like I said, that there's a lot of moving parts here. I'm, I'm going to be very curious to see how this all plays out.
1: Well, frankly, Rob, to your point, I, I really hadn't even thought about it. That's right. Uh, what they're doing now is generally outdoor spaces compared to the hockey, which law will all be indoors. I, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, I mean, that's
0: and that's, you know, I am I am by no means, you know, up to speed on on, you know, the coronavirus or what, you know, how people are dealing with it. And I think people are going to deal with it in their own ways. Um, You know, I, I remember talking to someone recently who's connected to the game and he was like, I said, what do you think it would be like right now? And this is probably a month ago. What do you think it would be like right now if we made an announcement, hockey's returning tomorrow, you can go to the arena? And he said he thought it would be packed. He thought it would be like any other day. I, I, I know I wouldn't be going, you know, if I, if, if it was if I had season tickets and I had four tickets and it was me, my wife, and my two kids that generally go, I don't know that I'd feel comfortable doing that. But um, they're going to have to see how they would, you know, how they're going to, what people are going to be, first off, what, what the doctors, what the, the people are going to say is, is um, legal and then go from there.
1: Yeah, packed uh, high school stadiums for football in Florida, I think, proves that point. That I know. We would pack stadiums as soon as given the opportunity to. Yeah. Uh, for yeah. the record, I'm with you. I don't think I'd be going either.
0: Yeah, and do we... look. There's no, there's no right and no wrong. If you, people, I, I absolutely believe that people have, you know, if, if they say it's okay to go to the arena, if they're allowing the arena to be open, and you feel comfortable, do it. I just don't think I'd feel comfortable taking my family to something like that.
1: That's right. Uh, do we have any updates on the Sam of injury?
0: <laughs> no, uh, yeah. I don't think we're gonna get one either um it's certainly not until they're back in you know in camp um I don't know that we'll ever really get the full details of exactly what happened but um you know the what I had heard when the caps were still playing was that it was going to be a question of if he'd be ready for camp the further it gets pushed back obviously that plays more to his advantage um but for him not to be dressed or participate in the bubble and um, those questions to be asked, it had to be a pretty substantial injury. So certainly at the top of things to watch, because I think we all know that Holtby is gone. So uh, he's your guy. <laughs> Let's, let, unless, unless, you, unless Caps fans feel comfortable, no knock on you know, a Thomas Grice type of guy, but that's not how anyone envisioned the transition going. So uh, let's hope he's okay.
1: Who who would be the current, uh, net minder if Sam Sonoff can't go? Uh, depends on what they do.
0: I mean, right now, yeah. Vitek Vanacek was the backup in the bubble. I don't think they want to start the season with him as the guy if Sam Sonoff can't go. So perhaps, and I don't know, I'm not even sure they'd want to do that regardless. Um, I've been, I've been doing, um, Sort of podcast, video Zoom podcast that I've been putting on my Facebook page, which you can check out at facebook.com slash Rob Carlin TBD. Um, and I'm, I'm the in the. TV, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm try, trying to figure out what's what's next. There is going to be news hopefully soon on a new podcast coming that you'll be able to subscribe to. Um, but I had Tariq El Bashir on, and he said that from The Athletic, and, and Tariq said that, you know, from the people he's talking to, they want a serviceable veteran backup goalie. So that's why I, you know, I happen to bring up Thomas Grice because he's a guy who could be available, who is, you know, okay with being a backup. Like that's his career. So I don't think they want to start the season with, even if Sam Sonoff is healthy with Sam Sonoff and Banachek uh, as their two goalies. So they'd look to sign some sort of a mid-level you know low you know low rent uh goalie low rent in price goalie to be the the backup and play whatever it's going to be you know depending on how many games you know probably 20 percent of the games next year
1: when when does the supplemental draft take place and do you think oshi is who they'll look at from this team for seattle you're
0: talking about um, yes
1: yeah the crack so that's
0: good. Yeah, that's the Kraken, I know, which I'm not a huge fan of. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I don't love that as the name. Uh, I would have rather the Walleye, but um, I that's next year. Um, I mean, everyone seems to think that's going to be the guy is TJ Oshie. He's from that area. He's a huge Seahawks fan. He's you know not afraid to put that out there. Um, so I think it makes all the sense in the world for him to be the Base of the franchise. And I think, you know, it's an absolute home run. That's one of the best dudes I've covered in sports. He's just, just a good guy who gets it, who happens to be a world-class hockey player. So he'd be a great uh, representative of the team in the city that you want to put forward. Um, You know, having said that though, I don't think anyone saw Nate Schmidt being the guy that Vegas would lift a couple of years ago. So you just never know what their, what their plan is. If, you know, if they look at Oshi and say the juice ain't worth the squeeze with that contract, then maybe they find someone else. But it certainly seems as if Oshi would be the slam dunk guy. So that way he could be a meat. I mean, that's, you put the captain on his sweater and he's your, the face of your franchise and he's out there at every event in Seattle, talking about how great it is to be back home again. I mean, to me, that's worth it. It's just whether or not they want to take on that contract and his age and his injury history as that guy. So we'll have to see what what kind of plan they put in place.
1: The Caps are the third oldest team in the league. How does McClellan balance a team that's obviously in win-now mode while also needing to get younger?
0: Well, it's always it's always the hardest job, I think, for a GM is how do you balance win now and still win later. And I don't know that you necessarily can. You see Pittsburgh's been kind of going through that. Like, you start getting old quickly. Um, the unfortunate part for the Caps is you wish this group had won at least one more cup. Then it's all worth it, right? The Penguins get old quickly, and they're not the same team anymore. Well, that's right. There's a bunch of cups that come along with that. It happened with Detroit. You know, it happens to all the great teams that come along. But um, it's going to be interesting because, um, you know, the the window is closing. I think they got the right coach in Peter Laviolette, who's going to get the most out of this group for the next two to three years because that's what his history says he always does. So he's – then again, he's never coached a team with this much talent and this much – this amount of core guys set in their ways. They like things a certain way. And, you know, everyone yells about Ted Leonsis and he was cheap and let Barry trots walk. And that's not necessarily true. The, the, the messaging from Barry trots to that team had gotten stale. They won the Stanley cup almost in spite of it at, at, at times. And he almost got fired a couple of different times that season. So I think a lot of that, a lot of that, you know, the wheels had already been in motion on life after Barry Trotz. And I think that says something about this group. They've chewed through a lot of head coaches in their time and including the guy that won them a Stanley cup. So they're going to have to get this core producing to circle back to your question is it's going to be really hard now, they're going to have to bring in some guys for low money to fill in some of the, you know, outside parts of this team. But they've got to really go all in for these next two to three years when they have this coach and that group to try and maximize this and get a cup or, you know, a, another cup in there. Because, um, you know, it's almost one of those where you can't worry about getting too much younger. You've got to focus on winning at least one more cup before Ovi and Backstrom. Carlson step aside
1: sure because if the Ovi era ended tomorrow one cup would be a disappointment for this group wouldn't you think
0: yeah and that's always tough to say because one cup is amazing right? right I mean it really is you you won your cup it validates everything you did however it's a bit of a letdown because of how good this team has been for so long um and you know we did an exercise um at NBC Sports Washington um during the pause when there were no sports and we were trying to fill content. I don't even know if it ever got released, but we were talking about it. And it was like the what if scenario. Um, And, you know, it goes back to, you know, what if RG3 hadn't gotten hurt? What, you know, like any number of sports, it wasn't just the caps. It was anything in our area. And I said, what if they, because they lost in 2015 against the Rangers in game seven in overtime. So what if they had won that? What if they had won that series and, you know, OV scores a game winning goal in overtime and they go on and win a Stanley cup and they learn back in 2015, how to win. There's a scenario there where they could have won three cups in like five years because they would have learned so much earlier. So you look back on what could have been, had they learned how to win before getting bounced by Pittsburgh in back to back years, and I think a lot of us think if they had not lost to Pittsburgh, they would have won at least one more cup, you know, how things could have been different. Um, no, it wasn't. So yeah, there is a part of caps fans. If they, if it, if Ovi retired tomorrow, there's definitely a, a part of it that would say, man, what a huge dis- what a huge miss there should have been two or three cups in these 15 years. Um, so, you know, I, I, I try and balance that because, Not a lot of franchises and not a lot of fan bases get to experience, you know, let's call it a 13-year run of sustained winning and sustained brilliance by the best player, the best goal scorer of our generation. But it does feel a little hollow because you wish there would have been more than one. And I realize that, you know, there's a lot of, again, a lot of fan bases that would kill for just one this feels a little bit like a missed opportunity.
1: Speaking of OV, his contract's up soon. Has there any, been any talks? Do we know where we're at? He, I, my understanding is, he wants upwards of twelve million a year. They've offered nine. Does that sound about right?
0: That was the report that came out. I know I, you know, I read a link on Russian Machine that um, you know from a Russian reporter, um, and we'll have to wait and see the validity of that. Uh, I don't think that he should, uh, he, uh, it's crazy to look back at his contract and say, you know, he kind of got a hometown or the caps kind of got a hometown discount. It was great on both parts because Ovi didn't want to play anywhere else. He has said that like, he, he doesn't like the move. He doesn't like to change. And the caps by, you know, midway through that contract had a bargain for Ovi. So yeah. Uh, so I, I think that it's worked out well for both sides. And I think that he deserves whatever he asks for, you know, moving forward and they'll have to figure out how to get it done with the salary cap, especially now with the flat cap for next year. Um, but there is, there is expectation that it's going to jump, you know, fairly significantly once everything starts quote unquote back to normal. So uh You know, I I think that they've got some time to get it done. I don't think it's going to be a distraction because it will get done, much like the Backstrom deal. Like, it it was never a distraction because it was never really a question. It was just, when will this get announced? Ovi's going to work it out. The Caps are going to work it out. And he will never wear another jersey other than the Caps, red, white, and blue. And that that will
1: happen. Backstrom did his own own deal, if I'm uh, remembering that right. Will Ovi do the same?
0: No, I think he's. I think he's got. Everyone kind of joked that he should have Backstrom uh, do his deal, but um, get another assist for Nicholas Backstrom and Ovi. But um, I, you know, he'll 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 do it the old-fashioned way, and have his agent do it.
1: There's a couple more folks up for uh, new deals: Jonas Sagenthaler, Travis Boyd, and Radko Gudis. Uh, you think all three of them will get new contracts?
0: No. Uh, Gudis, I think is probably gone. Um, you know, they, they made that trade to rid themselves of the Matt contract and that was unfortunate because they really missed his leadership financially. They couldn't make it work, but they definitely missed his leadership in the room. Um, and he, he, was great at the start. Radko was great at the start, a really good guy too. Like surprisingly, cause his, his reputation of being a goon on the ice, uh, maybe he was to an extent early in his career, could not be any further from the actual person that he is, one of the nicest guys on the team. Um, but his play definitely, you know, trailed off and sort of regressed to the means uh, of who he is as a player. So they'll move on from him. Uh, Boyd will get, you know, he'll get his, they will work something out. Siegenthaler, same. It'll be, you know, for very little money. But I think Siegenthaler proven his worth for sure. Uh, if nothing else, you know, he was great on the penalty kill. Um, And he's low value. So uh, they'll work something out there, you know, in in a million a year um, ballpark. And then Boyd, I think they like as a, uh, you know, as a, an extra guy, whenever he's been called upon, he hasn't been great, but he's always, you know, played his role. So I I would expect them to bring him back next year as well.
1: Do you think the club will consider trading Kuznetsov?
0: (laughs) Well, he's got That is a very spicy meatball right there. Uh, consider, <laughs> I think, I think they would probably consider it. Uh, he's got a, a no trade clause, no movement clause, so okay. he would have to okay it. Um, and you know, then you got to find contract for contract because he is, you know, an eight million dollar a year player basically. So, um, you know, they got they you got to find a, a match. And someone that's, you know, and there's things that can be done if, you know, if you wanted to, again, and this is by no means, this is me throwing this out because me and a couple of people have talked about, um, you know, different players that they could possibly, if there was, if there was like an Andre Kopitar and LA wants to get younger, right? Do the Caps, you know, entertain that type of move? Maybe, I don't know, the teams on the, okay list for koozie but i could see him enjoying la and the la life but now you're not getting any younger (laughs) you're not you know the you're certainly not answering that question however if you're looking for that leadership guy who's going to help you win in the playoffs kopitar is a guy um but you again you're you're really limiting the teams that would take on uh contract And get you something in return. Because you can't just move him. He's your first or second, depending on how you look at it, center. So you can't just move him. Because someone's got to fill that spot. And someone's got to fill that spot production-wise, too. So it's tough. I think it would be a challenge. But I think they would certainly be willing to go down that road if an opportunity arose.
1: The Caps interviewed Babcock and Gallant in addition to LaVioLette. Uh, You think they got it right with this one?
0: I think they got it right, yes. I think that Babcock comes with a little bit too much baggage now, which is crazy because, uh, you know, he he won a lot early in his career. He has not gotten deep in the playoffs in a long time now, and that wasn't just Toronto. Um, And I just think that he wouldn't have been the right uh, motivator for this group. Uh, This group needs a sort of a disciplinarian to make sure they're doing things the right way because they tend to veer from the right way to play the game. So they need someone like a Barry Trotz who gets his teams back on track and gets them playing the game the right way. Laviolette is certainly that. And Laviolette can walk in and say, hey, everyone shut up and listen to what I'm saying. And you know, I don't know why you have to do that because I took a terrible Islanders team that was completely insignificant in my first job and made them a playoff team. And then I went to Carolina and I won a Stanley Cup. And then I went to Philadelphia and took them to the Stanley Cup final. Then I went to Nashville and took them to the Stanley Cup final. And at that point, he's got their attention because you know there's not many coaches that could say that, that they could say, I took three separate teams to the Stanley Cup, won one and made one, awful franchise into a relevant franchise again so he has the the resume to back up when he says shut up pay attention and do things my way that they're gonna have to do that and like i said he flames out quickly each of those places he got fired but he wins big and he wins big quickly and that's what this group needs
1: well and that, i was gonna that was that was my next question was he he was available so why was it the nashville moved on from him
0: because his message gets old quickly. I mean, that's also his, yep. his, you know, his track record. So he, because he's hard. He's not an easy guy to play for, um, and he's gonna, he's gonna demand you do things a certain way, and he could be a little prickly. So, and we had again on one of those uh, after Laviolette was hired, we had Adam Vingen on who covers the Predators for the Athletic and used to work here in DC and covered the cap. so he kind of knows this group, and he knows that coach very well. And, you know, he said Laviolette did some things during the season um, where he just dug his heels in and was benching one of their players and let it linger and let it become a story, and he wouldn't answer questions. He's kind of that old-school coach who's, you know, not quite John Tortorella, but close to it of, don't ask me questions I don't want to answer. And it became a story, and and eventually – David Poyle, the GM, had an answer for it. So that, you know, that, that kind of stuff gets old with the players after a while. But again, he took them to a Stanley Cup final. And, you know, that Nashville team, What it's, it's a great team. It's a really good team. There's not a lot of superstars in that team. The Carolina team that won the Stanley Cup, I think, is, you know, widely viewed as one of the least talented teams as far as top-end talent. Philadelphia had some talent, but they, you know, they weren't a great team. So he's taken some teams. And that's why I said earlier, he's never coached Hall of Famers up and down the lineup, but maybe not up and down the lineup like the Caps, but certainly I would say at least two Hall of Famers. And then John Carlson's very good, um, but he's never coached a team like this, you know, that's won a cup and has world-class players. So um, that, you know, Look, I always say if Joe Torrey can get fired by the Yankees, any coach, any manager can get fired. At some point, a message gets stale and it's time to move on. And I, that's why I like the three-year contract with La Violette. because they were just like, you know what? This, this feels right. This is not a five-year deal. Three years. Let's see, what, let's see if we can win one more cup in these three years with this group.
1: Fantastic point about the, the three-year contract. Rob, tell the people where they can find you at now.
0: Yeah, again, right now it's on Facebook. Uh, so go to facebook.com slash Rob Carlin TBD, to be determined. I've been putting out some, uh, you know, basically podcasts, but there's a video there. Uh, did one on, uh, on the Violette hiring. Um, and also we, we recently did one at John Walton and Mike Vogel from the Caps. Uh, Walton, the radio voice, Vogues, writes for the website about Ovi at 35 and they just shared some great stories about Alex Ovechkin over the years, including a hilarious story of the first time John Walton was introduced to Ovi, which was in Hershey. Um, so yeah, Rob Carlin uh, Facebook at facebook.com slash Rob Carlin TBD. And then be on the lookout hopefully soon for an announcement on a new
1: podcast
0: coming, which you'll be able to download on uh, Apple podcast or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Excellent stuff. Rob Carlin, everybody.
0: Thanks so much.